Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, Life Uncloseted family, it is time once again for what you know. We gather together for Life Uncloseted, where we come out of the closets of our life. Everything from coming truly out of the closet as an LGBTQ individual to stepping out of those crazy spaces where I'm going to go build a business or I'm going to go travel the world or I'm going to do something everybody else tells me I can't do. So I just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to one. It's again, one of our podcasts. And sometimes what you come out of and what you step into is not at all what you had planned. And with today's guest, there was some stuff that went on, got married young, has three kids, and we'll get into why those kids are so special and challenging simultaneously. And then on top of that, to discover that you are in a space where most people are like, gasp, I can't believe that she's a pastor's wife. And we're going to leave it at that so we can talk about it. But um, I just really want to welcome today's guest because she's traveled very much a similar path to what I did coming out, having had kids and then doing some things for herself, including her own business. I think you all are going to really enjoy this conversation. Her name is Sabrina Torres, and I'm really excited to have you here, Sabrina. So thanks for coming and being willing to like come out of the closet about well, pretty much everything in your life, but share your journey with us. So um, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, share. Yeah. And share we will, because you and I have a lot in common. I mean, I've got two kids, not as young as yours anymore, but um, came out of the closet late in life. And you came out in closet later in life, not as old as I was. But um, so let's kind of start where wherever you feel like, you know, it's a good space. I think sometimes it's like, interesting to like start where okay so you came out and (laughs) what was the impetus behind that let's just start there really the impetus was uh I did I fell in love and I hadn't really realized that I was gay Mm. prior to that um that's not entirely true, actually. I'll fix that. I <laughs> okay, she's it, already lying. She's already <laughs> lying. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I thought it once when I was 14, but I grew up in a fundamentalist evangelical household. And it I was presented the idea that it was a choice. So I thought, well, then I choose to be straight. Yep. And I, I believe I was 14. I went out and got a boyfriend. And I had a boyfriend from then until I got married at 19 Mm -hmm. and just kept telling myself I was straight because that's what I had to be until I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't do it anymore. Okay. I just got to tell you that so many people probably listening to this are so identifying with you right now because this is what we all get told. We all get told it's a choice. It's a choice. And I want to just go, really? So I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to choose vagina or penis, living with a man or a woman. 
it's not like that at all. No, I, I do believe it can be a choice between happiness and unhappiness no, or being fulfilled no, no, and unfulfilled. No, that's all a bunch of bullshit too. <laughs> no, we can't choose happiness or unhappiness or fulfillment or unfulfillment. It's so interesting that you say that because I think so many people want to put this on us that if you choose that, it's going to make you unhappy. No. no I think it's more you're, you can choose to live a quote unquote straight life and be closeted your whole life and be deeply unhappy and unfulfilled. Yes. That I is a choice. 100%. I, and there are a lot of people who do that. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why they're miserable. And then their spouses wonder why one day they suddenly come home and they get on the computer and they didn't clear the cash. And suddenly there's gay porn playing on their computer and then everything explodes. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how those assumptions get made. So you were 19, got married, and then one day you're like, hmm, I fell in love. (laughs) So I actually, we met through my kids. And as you mentioned, my kids are interesting. They all three have autism Mm -hmm. and, and they're considered pretty severe. Okay. And I met my now partner through a play group. <laughs> we were just two moms that were close friends for years. And she was scared of coming out to me because I was married to a pastor. Mm. I didn't drink. I didn't dance. I didn't swear. You know? And she you was, was so, you was a good girl. <laughs> I was I was getting into heaven like that was my goal. Um, and so I was. You know, I was a good Nazarene pastor's wife and there she was terrified of coming out to me. And then she did. And I have talked to her every single day for the rest of my life. (laughs) It just, it woke something up. I just always thought I really admire this woman. I always wanted to sit close to her when we were out. I, I just wanted her to approve of me and I couldn't tell you why. And then when she came out to me, it just became very clear. Oh, I'm in love with her. Mm. And I didn't even realize that was a possibility. Wow. But in that possibility is when your truth came shining through. Yes. The core Um, essence of who you were. Absolutely. And she is the very first person who ever asked me the question, are you happy? I don't think anyone had ever asked me that in my whole life because that's not what the church was about. That was not what my life was about. It was about finding joy in the Lord, but finding joy and, um, you know, fulfilling what I was supposed to fulfill, get married, have kids, do things correctly. Mm-hmm. But no one had ever asked me if I was happy. Hmm. And do you think you can be happy in the Lord and in your life? as it is now? Um, I am currently not uh, particularly religious. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very, very happy. I feel very fulfilled. I feel like I am living out my life's calling in helping other people find happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I am a better person now than I was then. And the reason I asked that, because I feel very similar. I, 
I have, I feel like I have a great relationship with God because I got rid of all the other bullshit <laughs> because I got rid of the dogma. I got rid of the mis misinterpretation. I got rid of having to set my butt in a pew in a church. I, I got rid of that socialization aspect of it. And as I say that, I know there would be people that if they heard me saying that would say, you are going to hell. I don't believe that. I believe that I can have my relationship with God as I see it. And it brings me happiness. It brings me fulfillment. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel joyful because I don't carry all the quote negativity around that I believe comes with religion. Do I, I think that I should go out and murder somebody and go, Oh, that was joyful. No. Do you think I feel like I should go cheat on my spouse and that's cool? No, I don't believe so. But I also don't believe that if, you know, take the sin piece out of this whole thing. And if, if we took the sin piece out, what a different world it would be. I truly believe that happiness and joy comes from, and you said it, being who you're meant to be and doing the thing that brings you most alive. And if that means helping other people find joy and fulfillment by being who they are, then more power to you. But so many people who have gone through this experience, like ourselves, mm -hmm. have been told, you can't do that. It's either God or it's this, which is sin. And I personally have chosen to like, no. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I guess. <laughs> but I don't feel like I'm wrong. And that's not because I'm standing up to God and say, prove me wrong. Right. I feel like there's something beyond that that says you're still loved and cared and you're you know, something totally different. So once you stepped away, so to speak, how long was it before? And this is kind of a loaded question because you probably can't put like a definitive date or anything on it. But how long was it before you quit worrying about what if I'm wrong? What if I am banned from the church? What if, you know, when did you finally start to realize I'm alive? I uh, probably took a couple of years yeah. before I fully could let go of a constant fear of if I died today, where am I going? Heaven or hell? Cause that's, that's how I grew up. I grew up in fear of, of the rapture happening and being mm -hmm. left behind and, and all of that. So there was in the back of my mind fear for a very long time and guilt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but in time, I think those things just faded as I lived more and more authentically and left behind the aspects of my life that brought those fears on. Right. Um, once I was fine, my divorce was finalized. Once I was able to fully step into my new life without as much baggage from my old life, I could really let go of fear. And as you stepped forward and given that you have three beautiful little beings of your own and another one with your partner with all that, that came down, did you ever like overly get concerned about, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to my kids? Because this is the path I'm on. You notice folks, I didn't say choosing, choosing, this is the path she's on. Did that ever cross your mind? And if so, how did you get past that? You know, for me, I have to say, in a lot of ways, I'm lucky because my kids do have the quote unquote disabilities that they do. Mm -hmm. um, there was never a, a fear that they wouldn't accept me, for example. Um, 
they just know that there is more people in their life that love them now. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been, I believe, an addition to their lives. I don't think, you know, they, they don't have other kids over to play. They don't have, so I don't run into a lot of the kind of issues right. that a lot, of, a lot of other people in my position would, would right. really run into. And, and sometimes that makes it easier. And sometimes it can actually, I would assume sometimes it could make it difficult because if your kids don't get exposed to certain things, I know this was always one of my concerns was, okay, if my kids don't get to hang out with a bunch of other kids whose parents are LGBTQ, will they ever feel like they ever fit in? But then on the flip side, because they hung out with a lot of quote, <laughs> normal kids, Um, I always felt like, would they be ridiculed? And once we made, not that we didn't make the conscious decision right out the gate, the, the more we consciously tried to incorporate both worlds, the more that fear went away. I mean, we did everything from family equality council events when they'd come to the West coast to we'd go fly across the country to Provincetown and do family week with them um, we always tried to make it like as much as we could, we would incorporate the LGBTQ family experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously they were living the heteronormative family experience, you know, going to school and everything plus being with my ex-wife. So it was just such an interesting balancing act, so to speak, to make mm-hmm. sure we gave them both worlds. You know, and I I don't even like using the word exposing because it's like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) you're exposing them to the gay way of life. No, well, they kind of were just living it, you know. Um, Right. But as you started to move forward and, you know, things started to continue to unravel. As far as being the, quote, pastor's wife, (laughs) that had to be something to really contend with in your own head, because there was probably this very defined. Here's how I show up in the world. Absolutely. And my whole life was wrapped up in church. I did not, you know, really have many friends outside of church, um, except for the ones in that play group, which mm-hmm. of course, cause we live in the Bible belt. I, we lost almost all of those friends. Right. Um, so my whole life was wrapped up in church, my, and my family and my family is, uh, to this day, never met my partner. My parents have not. Hmm. Um, and it's been seven and a half years and we're getting married. So, <laughs> wow. so yeah, a lot of my identity was as a part of the church and as a part of my, you know, family in that way. And it was but all this, gone. But this is so common. I mean, this is to me, and, and again, I'm not here to bash religion but it almost seems like everything gets wrapped up in this construct. And then who are you without that construct? You know, it's like people that I've, I've coached and, you know, mostly men, but uh, even a few women that I've coached through this process, the spouse is like, well, but now who am I? And I, and it's not that I don't feel, I, I, I completely feel for the spouse who goes through this experience. Mm-hmm. But I always kind of question like, okay, if you don't know who you are without this person in your life, that's on you. That's not on them. 
and I don't mean that to be an asshole. And I know I just heard proverbial asshole being shouted across the world as I said <laughs> that, but it's, it's really like, if you're that codependent on somebody else's life, similar to if everything you have is tied up in your church. And even as we've gone through this lovely COVID experience for the last year and continue to go through it, I've found it so interesting how, Oh my God, we, we can't, we can't worship God without being in church. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> I don't get you then because that's not the way that I see God. Not that I'm the all being person, but that's not the way I was raised. It's like the way I was raised, God is everywhere. So if you can't have that conversation with him, there's a huge problem. But for you, I can only imagine I'm the pastor's wife and everything had to have shattered. To be honest, I was never very good at it. <laughs> high five. High um, five. <laughs> I was, I'm still terrible at remembering names, which is like pastor's wife 101, right? right. You're supposed to remember everybody's names. Nope terrible forget every time um I mean there was a I think there was a part of everybody that was not entirely shocked mm. that I never quite fit mm -hmm. um but yeah I I lost my community but yeah. you know the great thing about coming out is that you join a whole new community mm-hmm which can so. be its own challenge too. Oh, yes. <laughs> huge challenge. But before we go into that huge challenge, I think it, it's, it's worth saying again that a lot of people aren't shocked when we come out because we never did really fit into their world. They were probably accepting of us, but they I had more than, not a ton of people, but quite a few people say, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I actually always thought you were gay. I'm like, really? I don't think I acted that gay. And even today, some people are like, why would somebody say that to you? I don't, I, I hang out with you and it's rare unless I get a few drinks in me that my gay really starts coming out, you know, but, it, but I think for those listening, this is one of the key core elements of this whole process is you're going to be a, we, we hear the horror stories, be prepared for the ones who aren't going to accept you, but also be prepared for those who are going to say, yeah, I'm not surprised. And don't take that as an offense unless they make it offensive, but don't take, mm -hmm. take that as like, Oh, well, why didn't you say something to me? <laughs> why would they, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to accuse somebody of being something that they aren't, but to the other piece of the puzzle that we're about to jump into I think the transition sometimes coming into the LGBTQ community can be almost as painful as coming out of the heteronormative community. It was tough on me because I didn't quite fit. A, I was older. B, I wasn't the hunky gay guy coming out of the closet. Of course, at that time, I'm like, I was like all idealized is what a gay man was supposed to be, right? I'm supposed to have a bubble butt. I'm supposed to have six pack abs and blah, 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 blah. I didn't even realize that me being like a husky guy was like, there's a whole bear culture where guys are like into daddies and all this <laughs> stuff. Right. But there were moments where I was just like, fuck, I don't know why I came out. Cause these people are vicious. Just the fact that I'd been married and had children, like put me in a whole different space. So I'm curious, have you gone through some of that being challenged by the community as well? Not much, primarily because of where I live. Most of the women 
coming out in, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, (laughs) a lot of us have been married, have kids from those relationships because of what we were made to expect or, or, you know, it just is the norm here in some ways, I think for women who are of a certain age. Um, I think it is less and less going to be the norm, mm-hmm. but it was, it wasn't so outside of what people were used to here yeah. that it was difficult for me to find community. Um, and I also, I sought community in, in some interesting ways, probably I really wanted to get involved in like the political side of things, mm-hmm. which I think is a little easier in some ways than getting, you know, just trying to be like part of everyday culture. You know, I wasn't joining any, any kind of like softball leagues. Um, Oh, come on. You're a lesbian. You're supposed to play softball. You're supposed to go camping. You're supposed to build houses. (laughs) I am definitely what I call an indoor lesbian. I enjoy short walks to the car. Okay. I, (laughs) I, I have to say, in this way, people were surprised when I came out just because I'm, I'm a pretty girly girl. Yeah. And I think everybody has their idea of what a lesbian is, right? She's supposed to really like plaid and right. cats. I'm allergic to cats. I, I just, I did not fit that mold. But yeah, I found it easier to kind of join the community as somebody who was trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and my partner you know, she came out slightly before I did and she was already very involved. Like that is her thing is, is politics. So I just kind of like joined with her and was like, Hey, I'm here now too. And that made it a lot easier for me. But then besides helping people, you sliced out a whole nother carved out business that definitely was the farthest thing from being a preacher's wife. (laughs) Yes. So I've been through a lot in the business world. So when I was initially getting divorced, I was, you know, I dropped out of college, of course, to get married and have kids like a good, you know, I got my MRS degree. Yes. I was very good. Um, And then I was divorcing with three kids with autism and no way to provide for myself. So that was terrifying. And I put myself back in school Um, lived off student loans and told myself I have until the day I graduate to start a business. And that's what I did. Uh, I graduated and I I started a business in social media and sales and kept that. I've had that going now for five years. And in the past year, I realized there was, that was fun, but there was this other business that my partner and I wanted to do together that we were really passionate about and excited about. And that is uh, sex toys. <gasps> Everybody do a collective pastor's wife gas. <gasps> oh my goodness. <clears throat> I know we the pearl we clutching. We don't talk about that. We don't we even do. say the word sex. <laughs> I know. People think of us. I know. Get on you. You know, the first time, this is the funny story. The first time I held a vibrator, I was 27. And um, it freaked me out so much, I threw it across the room. (laughs) 
I did not like the feel of the vibration in my hand. It scared me. Um, you know, I have three kids with autism. Is it shocking? I have some sensory issues. No. So, <laughs> so, you know, like a good lesbian though, I, I powered through, got used to it. And, um, I, I actually ended up really enjoying trying different things and, and discovering different things also about myself. I think one of the beautiful things about coming out later is that you know that there's still more to discover about yourself. Yes. And it made me, I think, more curious. Why not try this? Why right. not try that? Because you never know really what you are going to enjoy and, and you can find new things up until the day you die, I think. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, we basically became the people that everybody always asked, like, well, uh -huh. what sex toys should I get? What just, they knew you'd have a drink with us. We'd get right. to talking about sex toys. <laughs> Actually, as you said that earlier, you said like a good lesbian, and of course the, the, the tune, like a good neighbor <laughs> kind of went into my head. I'm like, like a good lesbian vibrators are there. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, okay, well, yeah, but uh, you know, it's, it is interesting because first of all, like the things you can begin to discover that you haven't discovered yet. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, I feel like coming out is that piece of the puzzle that <laughs> opens people up metaphorically, physically, whatever you want to go there with lets your minds go there if you want to. But I feel like it does open you up to being more and more and more curious, not only about who you are in your sexuality and sex life and everything else, but who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Because everybody that I've worked with, and I do mean everybody, this is not an exaggeration. Regardless of the journey, something else gets opened up for them that wasn't part of the equation when they first started the coming out journey. Losing weight, finding a hobby, changing jobs, doing something they've been saying they've been going to do, suddenly the permission granted to go do something else suddenly becomes even stronger. Absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, this showed up in your life and is a part of, you know, who you are and what you are and what you do. Will it be forever? Who knows? But I also feel like those of us who've come through the closet doors we are so open to exploring, mm -hmm. especially later in life. Now, of course, the older people get, the more they're like, I got to get it all done now because if I don't, I'm going <laughs> to die. Especially gay men. They're just like kids in a candy store when it's at I'm 50 and <laughs> I lost 50 years to this. I'm like, no, you didn't because you've been this all along. And I know you probably didn't realize it, but it's been there. So, um, so is anybody like super like shocked when they find out there's this whole other business thing that you have now or you just like, I don't really give a shit. This is what I do. Um, it's more, I don't give a shit. And honestly, anybody who has been around me for the past few years is 0% surprised. Right. Um, <laughs> I've been very open about uh, the, the journey to opening the store. Mm -hmm. um, plenty of jokes about having to, you know, test out products. And, you know, anybody who has been close to me has gotten to follow along. And that's been really, really fun. And now that it's open and running, I've shared it with a wider audience. Mm -hmm. um, I think the day I shared it initially on my Facebook page, you know, I lost like five friends or something mm -hmm. like that. But um, 
I think it's mostly. People but were these who, like lesbian friends or no? I they're like, say. you know, I I also have my foot in the like kind of online entrepreneur space. Yes. So those were the people that were probably most shocked and worried what it would do to my other business. My other business is doing better than ever. Right. So, and the thing is, that's so interesting is if you don't show up fully as who you are, that's what can hurt your business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are people who say to me, so you, you say fucking shit and all this stuff on your podcast. Aren't you afraid that that's going to hurt your speaking business? I'm like, no, because it doesn't say on my speaking page, that I'm going to show up and say all that stuff, but it also doesn't say I'm not going to, I'm a smart enough person to know when I can let that stuff fly on a stage Versus when I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not going to walk into a high school and start dropping F moms. I know better than to do that. But I also want people to understand this is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. This is, and I don't do this for the shock value. I do it because there's just, there's a beat. There's a way I am in the world. And I hid way too fucking long to hide anything else. I just mm-hmm. won't do it. It's too painful. It drains too much energy. It is no fun, plain, simple. And if you can't go with me on that journey, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think you're a jerk, but <laughs> it's okay, you know? And, and I would much rather not get hired for an event to speak at if that's the reason. Yes, it will piss me off to some degree because it's like, I don't, I don't handle narrow-minded hypocrites at all. I just, mm-hmm. you know... But if it was somebody else going up on stage and talking about, well, you know, she's a gal and she should kind of, I'm like, you can't do that. You can't allow somebody to come up and talk about one thing, but then because I'm the gay guy, I can't come up and talk about this stuff. So it's just, it's such an interesting space to play. So what do you feel like you've grown the most from since this whole coming out journey landed and you fell in love and, now you got the store. What do you feel like you personally have grown the most from? I think just from that very first question of, are you happy? Mm-hmm. That, I, that has sort of become my life's mission of, you know, pursuing happiness for myself and for others. Like, how do I help make other people happy in this world? Mm-hmm. Now that well, I've even found part that. of your tagline, make yourself yes. happy make yourself happy because I, I feel like, and you know, this is especially true for women in, in my opinion, that there's not enough focus on, on taking control of your own happiness. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more people understand that they, they have control, that they have power and that they can take their happiness into their own hands and it can be terrifying and there can be a lot of unhappy moments through the process. But if you're willing to take the leap, it's amazing the happiness that you can find. It does exist. But it's such an interesting awareness and this probably a good place for us to kind of come full circle because this make yourself happy is such a contradiction in so many spaces because, well, okay. You should be like third or fourth tier down on being happy, make everybody else happy, do what everybody else is, make me feel comfortable, which I'm all for. I mean, I'm an obliger. I, I, <laughs> I own that badge in a big way, except I'm an obliger who's woke. 
Yes, I'm woke. I'm going to use that freaking word, people, so get over <laughs> it. <clears throat> because I know what my obliger looks like. And I know how my obliger can be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But in so many circles, making yourself happy, not even though has nothing to do with the sexual connotation, even though I know that's what you're about with the store and everything. It's almost a sin to like, oh, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't be making yourself happy. Right. Why not? I do not believe we were put on this lovely little human experience to not experience happiness and joy. And if that means I have to make myself happy, whether it's jerking myself off or doing something I really love to do, which could be jerking myself off, (laughs) um, but doing things that make me happy, doing this podcast makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Being a speaker makes me happy. Being a coach makes me happy. Many things make me happy, but I don't, I no longer choose to relegate my happiness over somebody else's. I may give somebody else some happiness, but I do it from a very woke space. If this really makes me happy, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it at the sacrifice of my own happiness. Mm-hmm. And if, I feel like that's where you're coming from too, is I'm not going to be selfish about this. Cause there's the, uh, the flip side of right. if it's all about making yourself happy and there's no room for anybody else. Well, then you'll be stuck with your dildo. Good luck. Have a good life. <laughs> so, right. Right. You know, I think it's interesting that so many people seem to view making yourself happy as selfish. Yes. When for the most part, when I see happy women, you see happy families. Yes. You see happy, like, like that spreads, that grows happiness for yourself is very rarely a purely selfish thing in the first place. Mm -hmm. And she said it, it spreads, it grows. And there was no connotation there to being happy. I just want to make sure you all heard (laughs) that, but it is true. And, and I think sometimes people who can't embrace that thought it's because they're so plugged up in their own bullshit that they want to throw it that, Oh no, you can't do that. Really? Well, maybe you need to try it. (laughs) And quit being so stuck up in your own shit, because if you can make yourself happy, you can make others happy. And from there, it just, it it literally is, it's the ripple effect. It's Mm -hmm. truly the ripple effect. So if somebody wants to learn more about you and maybe go take a little visit to the store, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So the store is boxbar, B-O-X-X-B-A-R.com. So you can go check the that out there. And, and I've been looking at the store the whole time we've been recording this folks. So (laughs) go check it out. Thank you. Yes. We tried to make it beautiful and it's beautiful. It's very well um, done. Thank you. And you can always connect with me on social media anywhere at be truly social. True. Cool. 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 So what's the thing you most like about yourself now that you're on the other side of the closet door? thing I like most about myself is that I am unafraid to challenge myself. That is really a powerful place for us to wrap it up. So Sabrina, thanks so much for being here. Thank and you. Go out there and be unafraid to challenge yourself. She, she finished that so well. I don't, I don't even have to say anything like I usually <laughs> do at the end of my podcast. She just kind of like brought that home run home for us. So Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a great guest. And um, we might have to do this again one of these days. So Thank you. I'd love that. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end. And it is time for all of us 
to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here on Life Unclogged. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.